Shitty band, shitty equipment, no commercial potential. You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. And today we talk, we will talk about a band that has been the favorite band for every one of us for sure at some point of our lives. We'll talk about Nightwish. And um, since we tried to record this episode a couple of times <laughs> and we always failed, we decided to go live with this one so <laughs> that, that it will just happen. But we had some problems, that, that's why we have a delay from 20 minutes. <laughs> so there is a Uh, occurs <laughs> over this episode. <laughs> Let's talk about Nightwish now. <laughs> and we will talk about every album chronologically. Um, and of course, start with the debut album, which is Angels Fall First. Steffi, do you know the album? Yes, I do. <laughs> Maybe not um, <laughs> as good as older ones, like, I don't know, like Once or Oceanborn. Um, but yeah, I know it. And I think the most common thing I remember about that album is that Tumas sings there. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe not in the best way. I think I he think also said that she won't do it again. Yes. And yeah, it's it's not typical Nightwish, I think, because it has more that acoustic feeling, campfire feeling. But yeah, it's nice. It's very dreamy. Can, yeah, Good for relaxing. I think it's very different from all the other Nightwish albums. Um, and you can hear that it's their first album too. There is this thing about Thomas that he said he will never open his mouth again <laughs> for singing. But that's one, <laughs> I sure think. He, yeah, I think he did it on one of the last albums now. On, on a solo project, I think Auri, called Auri. Oh, really? Mm. I think he also sang mm. just background, but he did. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and um, there is another another song that he hates a lot, and that is Nymphomaniac Fantasia, um, because the song starts with the sentence, the scent of a woman was not mine. <laughs> and I think everybody asked him, <laughs> what is the story behind this sentence? Um, and Angels for First is also... Or Some people describe Nightwish as a white metal band because of Angels Fall First, which was released in 1997, by the way, because of the song The Carpenter. And The Carpenter is a song about Jesus, because Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> that's a fact, or that's just an idea of some crazy fans? No, that's, that's a fact. Yeah. If you um, go to the lyrics and read the lyrics, then it's quite oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Didn't know. I'm just checking out uh, Spotify and Angels for First is not on it. No, it's not on Spotify. We are on Spotify, by the way. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify. And I also create a Spotify playlist for every podcast. On the Decades album, there are two songs from Angels for First. That is Carpenter and Path, the yes. opener. And there is also the demo song, um, the self-titled demo song Nightwish on this Decades album. So you can listen to early Nightwish with these three songs on Spotify, or you will just have to buy the album. <laughs> um, which is your favorite song on Angels Fall First? 
Elven Path, if that's on that one. Elven Path is on that one. Yeah, that's a that's a great song. It's very <laughs> very cliche. <laughs> it's just <laughs> pure. It's a pure fantasy book as music as as, as a song. Fantasy book as a song. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's power metal for me. <laughs> the lyrics. <laughs> My favorite song is a song that is pretty much unknown, and that's called Tutankhamen. Oh, yeah, that's nice. It's too. very special. Yes. Okay. So, I think we can go on to Oceanborn, because Angels for First is, it is the debut album, but the, the breakthrough, I think, was with the Oceanborn album one year later, 1998. And I would describe that one as the first album with the real Nightwish style. Mm-hmm. Because they are very powerful and much more metal than on Angels Fall First. Angels Fall First, I think it was a, an acoustic album in the beginning and then they recorded it as a metal album. Mm, yeah, and Oceanborn is the, the true shit. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we have had this conversation before. And as I said the last few times, <laughs> um, I, I do think that Angels Fall First still has this kind of character characteristic nightwish feeling like um yeah of course they were just trying things out and uh their sound changed and evolved until uh um, yeah of course through the years but also it was a big step until oceanborn but still i think um not only because of of Tarja's unique voice but also um elven path is just the proof of it it's like It is very Nightwish. If mm. you listen to it, you don't, you wouldn't say it's somebody else. But um, Oceanborn also has a very great opener, the song Stargazers. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> Getsemane is also very, and very under, um, underrated song, underrated mm. Nightwish song. I really love it. Yeah. And I think Oceanborn is the only Nightwish album with growth in it by Tapio Wilska, who was the singer at Fintroll, but isn't in special songs. So um, mm -hmm. we have the two songs with Growlings, so Devil and the Deep Dark Ocean and Pharaoh Sails to Orion. Um, we have Sleeping Sun with a very funny video cool. with a bath tube. <laughs> I never understand and it. Then we have <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just But it's why? A beautiful landscape with a metal vestue. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just why? And Haya looks so strange, so different. Yeah, that's true. So young and cute. And um, and there is also Passion and the Opera. And Walking in the Air. Yes. That's, I saw, that's a lovely ballad. Um, it's, a, it's a cover song from a movie, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's a movie about a snowman. Mm. I think it's perfectly for Taya's voice because it has that classical feeling. Of course, all the other songs are also good for her, but that is a song you're just listening to and that fits perfect. Yeah, and Passion and the Opera, um, there is a story behind this song because when they wanted to record it, Taya just wasn't able to sing this operatic part in the end. Um, and I think they said it on a DVD or I don't know where she said it, but she said um, she was 
crying and desperate when she tried to record it because she just didn't manage to sing this operatic parts in the end. Aww. So <laughs> I'm happy that she did it in the end and I also saw her perform the song live on stage um, when she was on tour when she was already alone, <laughs> walking alone. <laughs> and she was she able to alone. sing it um, perfectly. So <laughs> she also improved as a singer since 1998 a lot of course yeah i mean of course it's been 20 years but <laughs> and she was still quite young i think while recording that mm -hmm. beginning of 20 yep don't know i think she was 19 or 20 when they recorded 19 wow that. okay wow, i think she was yeah. 18 when angels for first was recorded um okay i don't know how much time they took um, it took from recording to the release. Mm. Yeah, but she was quite young, of course. Yeah. I just realized that on this album, the first Nightwish song is I ever heard, and that's uh, Moon Dancer. It's an instrumental song, but yeah, I just remember <laughs> it. Also the first song Somehow the I found I it. To. <laughs> yeah, someone found it on, on YouTube, and it was so, so funny that that folky touch but also with these lots of instrumentals and very catchy and fast and yeah it's for a good mood i mm -hmm. think <laughs> very funny <laughs> uh, but it's not my favorite song on the album my favorite song is the pharaoh says to orion oh your your favorite songs are always like the the songs nobody would pick. <laughs> the underestimated song. <laughs> yeah. So which one is your favorite song, Steffi? Good question. I also remember that I tried to play it on piano, this and Walking in the Air. Tried and failed, sadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I sang Walking on the Air on stage once. Oh, wow. Nice. I want a recording. Yeah, with a keyboard and a... <laughs> We also tried to record it, but um, we failed because we had a flute and um, the girl who played the flute didn't play it since a couple of weeks. So um, it is kind of exhausting to play this song again and again and again. So um, she came to a point where she said, oh, no, I can't record it anymore. And then we, we never tried mm -hmm. to record it again. <laughs> no. Otherwise, there would be a record. Of me singing Walking in the Air. Oh, cool. My favorite is Sleeping Sun, and I have also <laughs> covered that one. And there's a video. I think but it's on YouTube, yes, right? Yes, but don't look for it. <laughs> you know that we will yes, now. <laughs> then we'll put it into the show yeah, notes. Yeah, exactly. We can put that video of me singing Sleeping Sun in the show notes. That's back in 2009 or 10, I think. Whoa, um, 10 years ago. Yeah, Long it's time. also almost 10 years ago. Yeah, like, wow. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yes, let's go on with the Nightwish discography. Yes, the next song is Wishmaster. And I think Wishmaster is the typical album for pen and paper games. <laughs> okay, why? Because it's so full of fantasy, oh. <laughs> especially the title track. I know some people from the pen and paper scene who listen to Wishmaster a lot when they have their pen and paper games. Really? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a cool fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are many beautiful songs on this album that many people don't really notice. I like Bear Grace Misery a lot. Also Crownless and Deep Side and Complete. Oh, Deep Side and Complete is amazing. Yeah. And Two for Tragedy is also a very beautiful ballad. They also made a song about the Coloman High School massacre. The Kinslayer is about the massacre. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a voice um, saying something um, in the song, at the end of the song. And that is, or um, they think that there's a, these are quotes by the people who did the massacre. Okay. Um, and that is, I think, um, it's a conversation between a Christian person and one of the guys. Um, and they say something like, you crying is in vain, it'll be over soon. That's one part of the conversation that I remember. But it's a bit more, it's a, yeah, it's a little conversation. That's like dark. <laughs> yeah. Not only fantasy on that album. Yeah. And there is also a Dead Boy's poem on that album. Mm-hmm which is a song that kind of describes Tuomas. Really? His typical picture mm-hmm. of himself, him as a child and with losing childhood and his innocence and... You mean that stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it should not sound as ironic as I said it, I hope. <laughs> yeah, many songwriters... Um, work on something when they write songs and I think Thomas did that also. Um, he also studied biology of the ocean um, so he has a very strong relation to the ocean and especially in the earlier albums you can see that on some song titles also in the lyrics and yeah on songs like um, <laughs> Devil and the Deep Dark Ocean. <laughs> where they have these topics. My favorite song on that album is She Is My Sin. And that is Mine my too. top Nightwish favorite song. And they had to um, change the song title because otherwise it would have sounded strange when Taria sang or when the, it was sung by a woman. Which, which um, title again? She Is Sorry? My Sin. No, I think they didn't change the title. They changed the lyrics. Because she sings a sin for him, desire within. And I think the original lyrics were, she is my sin, desire within. Ah, yeah. might be. So um, back in 2000, <laughs> it was not possible to, to use the original lyrics. But if they would record it today, maybe they would just say, oh, come on. <laughs> there, are, yeah. there is um, homosexuality all over the world, so let's just... Keep she's my sin in the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. he and I we are on the same page now um, with a favorite song. Yeah, she's my sin, uh, best song on Wishmaster. Totally. Steffi, are you with us? I am, almost. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> sometimes. Um, so favorite song, you mean? Mm-hmm. Deep, silent, complete. Another good choice. Yeah, I think that's the interesting stuff on Wishmaster. 
Come cover me is also beautiful. This is so funny, Pierre. It's like it's like you're um, you're the nightwish expert. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I she was knows everything. Really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good to, to to learn all of these all of these fun facts and, and trivia about mm. about this band. It's like I I want to listen to to all of the all of the songs again like now that i know <laughs> and read the lyrics <laughs> to make all the connections i will call you to yeah. now our nightwish sensei in remembering Ooh, of our nightwish. finland journey but also <laughs> but also uh, only for the early years <laughs> okay i'm becoming more and more expert if we are going to the latest years oh, that's very good yes <laughs> <laughs> um yay so, in 2001, Nightwish released the Over the Hills and Far Away um, album, kind of. It was kind of EP combined with the From Wish to Eternity Life DVD. And they put some songs from From Wish to Eternity yeah. on Over the Hills and Far Away. And there were, I think, four songs on um, which they recorded in the studio. One was a remake of Astro Romance, a song from Angels Fall First, in which Thomas didn't sing anymore. <laughs> he asked Tony Kako from Sonata Arctica to sing. And Tony also sang on Tenth Man Down. That's the second song on the album. And um, Over the Hills and Far Away, which also is a cover version, was the first Nightwish song I listened to with, um, with vocals. Oh, that's right, because the first songs you listened from Nightwish were the um, instrumental ones, right? You told me that once. Yeah, only Moon Dance. Only Moon Dance. And Tony Kako also was on the DVD, so he sang all the male um, songs. Besides, I don't know which one they performed live. I think it was Pharaoh Says to Orion that they had Tapio Wilska on stage, so the original singer from Oceanborn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it is the last album with the bass player Sammy Venske. I hope I pronounced the name kind of correctly. <laughs> um, and I tried to find out what he did after that mm -hmm. and found out that he was, um, he changed the genre and he became a jazz musician. Wow. So the bass is much more important in jazz music. Um, and I read a conversation that Vero started, so shout out to Vero. Shout and out. Sammy Wenske wrote a, <laughs> Sammy wrote a comment um, uh, in this conversation, so I know that he's still alive and <laughs> I think that he's still doing <laughs> I'm looking at the track listing on on Spotify and um, there's like only 10 tracks on here. Not, a, not all of it is in yep. there? Okay. No, only um, yeah. the six live tracks and the four studio tracks. And then of course you have the DVD with the live stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and the funny thing about the DVD is that uh, the, the support act was Synergy back then. It's a band from Finland with the, um, it's, I would describe them as a supergroup because um, Alexi Laio is the guitar player. The singer is um, from the US. She is called Kimberly Goss. And she was keyboarder in Dimo Borgia, I think. 
And now, funny thing, Marco Hietala is the bassist in this band. Ah. And when you see the, um, the bonus stuff on the DVD, when you watch that, then Synergy go on stage and um, they pretend to be Nightwish. <laughs> and they also present Marco Hietala as the bassist from Nightwish, which he became a short time later. <laughs> wow, that's a prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, my favorite song on that one is Tenth Man Down. And there is a very cool manga um, video about it. It's an unofficial video, but it's very cool. And I think it, it, um, it gets the spirit of the song. We will put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. I'm still in yeah. love with Over the Hills and Far Away. It's just, you just have to say the title and it is suddenly in my yeah, mind. Yeah. Just so, oh, this melody is so, so catchy and so easy to sing mm. along. Yeah, and for years and years I didn't know that was a cover. <laughs> I think it became more popular than um, the, original. the original version. And the video is very funny because Taya has violet hair. <laughs> right. I think once I listened to that song at home when I was young and then my mother came in and so, oh, what are you listening to? I, I remember that song, but uh, <laughs> she was very, very confused because she she noticed that, um, yeah, it's a cover version of music, of music she once listened to and yeah, funny moment. <laughs> Kinky, what's your favorite? Yeah, I agree with Sheffy. Over the hills. <laughs> yes. But then, of course, Century Child and wow, bam! Mm -hmm. Century Child, I think it's the darkest Nightwish album that was ever released. It was my first Nightwish album. <laughs> Aww. And as I already said, the first album with Marco on drums and yeah, no, on drums, on bass <laughs> and male vocals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And. The former, I, th I, I don't know if he's back already, um, the drummer, he was asked about this album and he didn't know the title. <laughs> he didn't know that this album was called Century Child, but he knew the cover and so he said it's the Big Candid Girl at the Waterfall album. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So I always <laughs> That's have this sentence in my mind. <laughs> um, his name is Jukka Neverleinen. Now I get it. Yes, Century Child came out 2002 and um, Taya didn't like heavy music until she recorded Slaying the Dreamer. What? That was her point of... No return. Um, when she, she discovered... Um, <laughs> Becoming a metalhead. She became a metalhead, yeah. <laughs> wow. They also have a very nice opener with a very good music video. And um, personal fun fact... When I was younger, I always wanted Bless the Child to be played at my funeral. Wow. And at the instrumental part, okay. I wanted everybody to headbang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there is a very beautiful Phantom of the Opera cover. Yes, of course. Yeah. Do you like it? I think yes. I prefer I always the original. For a child by Marco and Taya, who would be the singer. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, both of them, Taya and Marco, um, studied professional operatic vocals. Wow, I didn't know that about Marco. 
Hmm? Hmm. Yeah. He's a very good I, I don't know if he also studied bass, but he studied singing. Yeah. I like his voice. It's very strong and mm -hmm. raw. Very special, yes. I think he um, network got better because of his. Yeah, definitely. It's maybe not that often that he's singing, but if he sings, it's yeah always a plus point, definitely. Mm. And he also has a very beautiful, calm voice. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the album, but um, while your lips are still red, mm -hmm. I think that one of the songs he's singing alone, that's very, mm. very, very, very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's not an uh, official Nightwish song, but I'm not sure about that. It was it released when be. Dark Passion Play came out. I think it's a f yeah. uh, the title track a for a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. Uh, they I wrote remember it the and recorded it for the movie, but they didn't release it as a band. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, but it's Thomas and Marco, and I don't know if the rest of the band also took part of it. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember Thomas just is that creep always in the background, just staring at you. <laughs> There's mm. nothing so you don't but know the band, always there. It's a very strange video. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> With stalkers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, I, um, I just... My favorite song. Sorry, yeah. I just remembered that um, when we were just talking about Over the Hills and Far Away, the DVD that came with it, From Wishes to Eternity, the live DVD, well, that's how I learned... That's how you that's discovered how I, the band, right? Exactly, that's how I discovered the band. And um, I have the DVD right here. It's it's funny because it's a, it's, it's actually just a copy. Um, because uh, back then I was 16 in Ecuador and the guitarist of my band... Uh, gave it to me as a present and that's and then I fell in love with Nightwish obviously <laughs> yay <laughs> so uh yeah it was super funny yeah so that's my personal discovery story <laughs> I already said that they had a very nice video for bless the child mm -hmm. and I think they had some money left over after they recorded the the video for that one um, and decided to do a very shitty video for End of All Hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixture of uh, live footage, but it's very obvious that Tarja isn't singing the lyrics of End of All Hope all the time. Um, and they combine it with stuff from a vampire movie. <laughs> from what? Okay. From a vampire movie. I don't know which movie it is. I still don't know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the video is so funny and so... <laughs> well, my favorite from Century Child is uh, Ever Dream. Mm -hmm. That's very high in my yes. ranking too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Slaying the Dreamer is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I like how uh, Flora sings Ever Dream now. That's another story. <laughs> yeah, and that's not jumping history. They they also have a super long song on this album Beauty of the Beast they parted it into three parts I think which you can also hear when you listen to the songs that the parts change from calm to heavy mm -hmm. and so on I really like ten that minutes song. long and there is also a song with uh, the the topic of ocean on this album so yeah it is still present <laughs> in I think when was it released 2002 the ocean is always present that's true Mm -hmm. I think Ocean Soul is also one of the most personal songs of two of us. I had a I had a poster of 
ocean soul, and I think it's Thomas who stood in the ocean with his arms spread. And then we jumped three years for once. No, no? There, there was a DVD in between. Really? The documentation, End of Innocence. Yeah. And that is <laughs> where I have my opener from, <laughs> because the, uh, the documentary starts with the sentence, shitty band, shitty equipment, no commercial potential. <laughs> and that's what some, um, what a journalist said about Nightwish <laughs> in, the, in the beginning <laughs> when they started the band. So who was that journalist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a bad journalist, obviously. <laughs> and the, there is a, a kind of opener also, or a melody in the background, with l vocals but no lyrics. It is a very short song, and um, the song is called Kiten Palo. And um, Nightwish wrote the song for their local ice hockey team. Ah, okay. And I don't know if it's still the case, but when they came in the stadium, in the ice, um, the song was played. Oh, cool. Kite. I don't know how famous <laughs> the, the team is. I think Kiti is only a small very town. small city. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it was also on the DVD. I don't, mm, um, I don't know anymore if it was there or, or if I read that somewhere else or heard that somewhere else. But um, we have Mental Health Month. That's also how we started this podcast and on the DVD Thomas said that many fans wrote letters to him and said that his music kept them away from suicide. Wow, yeah. That must be like such an honor to, to hear or read something like that about mm -hmm. something that you created. So you have kind of soulmates also because I think they didn't commit suicide because they don't feel alone anymore when they listen to Nightwish. Yeah, they can relate, feel understood. That's very important and it's a very nice effect that music has. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's a nice uh, side note. <laughs> the fact mm -hmm. that uh, we started this podcast a year ago with uh, talking about the topic of mental health because May is... International Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah, I think for Thomas to keep talking about Nightwish, I think the topic is also important to him, right? I think he has also spoken about that in, on several occasions. Mm. Um, I don't know that it's just um, what I think about him is that he had some mental problems in the beginning. I think he doesn't have them anymore, but I think he didn't have a lot of um, self-security. Mm -hmm. He wasn't secure about himself, um, especially in the beginning. And I think over the years um, that changed a lot. He worked a lot on himself and um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I also think that it's a topic for him and that he also had... I think problems. that's a point or a topic for lots of singers and songwriters. Also like, um, yeah, I just remember our last episode about lyrics and then, um, yeah, Flo Jansen about her burnout. That was also that topic. Or I think there are very, very yeah. many examples where they're writing yeah. about it. And I think musicians are very sensitive people 
Yes. Something else about Mental Health Awareness Month? Uh, I found a very interesting article about that topic with a Cobra, Cobra page. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should put it in the show notes. Yeah. It was very interesting. It was also about um, um, released on a yeah a, a real People magazine or something. Yeah, I think it was Psychology, Psychology. Today. Mm -hmm. yes. And Psychology Today, I think one of the uh, one of the authors, one of the psychologist authors, uh, also works a lot with um, with metalheads, with metal musician musicians. So um, I have bookmarked an another article about that, so I can put that one in the show notes also. Uh, but yeah, the the story with Cobra was was very cool. Because she opened up and was very honest about her issues. Yeah. So that was very cool. If you are reading to her lyrics, it's also very... Yeah. It feels uh, it feels kind of wise also, I think. And mm. just... Um, you just re um, realize that she thought a lot about that topic. And yeah. All right. Let's go back to... Yes. Next album. <laughs> Once is a masterpiece and the best symphonic metal album of all time. Wow. I agree. That's a very bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> uh -huh. hmm. Yes, and that is because there is a lot of orchestra, but the orchestra is not dominant. The orchestra is mostly in the background. It has some solo moments, like a solo guitar also has some solo moments, but is not present all the time. And what I don't like on newer Nightwish albums and on a lot of Symphonic metal albums is that the orchestra is so dominant. So all of you symphonic metal musicians out there listen to once and then you know how to do it. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I also think the last Nightwish album, Shut Up for the Beautiful, it's for me just more um, a movie score soundtrack with metal elements, but a metal album. So yeah, I know what you mean. But I also think Epica have also very, very great balance between that symphonic part and metal part. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Just say yes. Thank you. Thank you, Steffi. <laughs> Could it's you agree? Not, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't bring up Epica. Of course, I was thinking about it. But I didn't say it first. So yeah, thank you. Two against one. <laughs> This is a podcast Both. about Nightwish. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, challenge accepted. We're going to do one about Epica one day then. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe when I'm not here. Um, <laughs> the next one. You won't be there. <laughs> so, the first album that was written for once is Romanticide. Because Thomas, after he wrote A Century Child, he had a kind of blockade. He wasn't able to write music anymore. And then um, he wrote this also kind of aggressive song. Um, and after that, he, um, he released this stress, or I don't know, and then he um, composed all the other songs. Wow, okay. fun fact. So that's the reason why it should be the hardest song, the heaviest song, or...? Um, I don't know if it is the heaviest song. I just know that it is a bit heavier. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he had this blockade, but it feels like he had to release some stress. And it was the Nightwish breakthrough chart breaker song Nemo, which brought Nightwish to top of the pops <laughs> and made very many people yes. buy the album. Um, and 
a few days after the release of the album, when you um, went to eBay, then you could see so many people who wanted to sell the album and said, well, I really like Nemo, but I don't like all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. so a highlight can also be a low light, yeah. I think. For us, it might be the low light, but <laughs> for the pop music industry, it was a highlight. <laughs> also for the band, for her success their success and becoming yeah, just more famous it was the song that made them really really famous and also the album which was um, if you didn't know Nightwish before that because you just entered the metal scene or w were not familiar with female fronted or symphonic metal after this you knew them everybody in the metal scene yes. knew them after that yeah because how you said it a lot of music magazines wrote that this one, this album is the best example how to do symphonic metal and yeah, milestone of the genre. <laughs> and because of Nemo. <laughs> Was it called symphonic metal back then? I don't know. I'm not sure. Or may maybe opera metal? I wanted to discuss this after this album. When we finished oh, this. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's just talk about some other songs. For example, Wish I Had an Angel. That's a great one. They play with opposites, kind of. Um, starting with the chorus where it says, I wish I had an angel. And then they cuts the twist for a moment of lust. So um, just for a moment not to have an angel for life or I don't know. <laughs> But Planet Hell is also a very cool song and a very society critical song. And then there is The Siren. Many people say it's a very bad song, but I like it. I only think that the that the video clip is strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and very special. It stands out from the rest of the album. Also, Creek Mary's Blood is... Um, I always get goosebumps if I'm listening to that, because also because of the um, background story. Mm. It's, okay. It deals with... Um, What was it? That it was not a battle, it was a massacre of um, the, the American natives and mm -hmm. the first who... the settlers. The settlers mm -hmm. fell down. A poem, I think, in the end, yeah. And yeah, also because I think one native also speaks some words at the end of the song and that's... Yeah, and that's very... Whoa. Oh, shit. It's very emotional. Yes, and there's another very emotional song on the album that is Higher Than Hope. Um, and in the end, or in the middle of the song, there is also a voice speaking. And that is a person, he's a very big Nightwish fan, or he was a very big Nightwish fan. There's also a scene where he came on stage and they gave him a shirt or I don't know. Um, and that's a guy who, shortly after the release of Once, died because of cancer. He was a very young guy, and um, the, mm. what he says on this song is something that he, I think, spoke on the um, calling answer machine of his parents. So another very emotional story, yep. Wow. There are so many special songs on this album, also Kurema Teke Titalian. I'm able to... Uh, to sing this song from beginning to the end, but I don't know a single word in this. 
There are only a very few Finnish what? words that I could translate, <laughs> but not in this. Oh, one. okay. But you have the pronunciation down. Yeah, wow. because of, I just repeat what Taya said. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, the, the album feels like one piece, um, even though there are so many special songs on it, and. My favorite song is Ghost Love Score. Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing one. Yeah, I was waiting for you guys to mention that one. But my favorite would be Dark Just Wonders. I think Ghost Love Score is, for me personally, the best example for... Very best example for perfect symphonic metal song. Not an album, but mm -hmm. a song. Because um, it has a very good... Structure? structure. Please translate. Structure, yeah just call it structure that's very easy um. <laughs> okay um, there's a funny bonus title on I think the wish I had an angel single that is called where were you last night oh yeah <laughs> I don't know if you know it if you don't know it listen to it it's so funny <laughs> it is <laughs> it sounds it reminds me of Madonna <laughs> It's also super different, like uh, yeah, <laughs> like Nightwish lyrics are super deep and dark and philosophical, and then <laughs> and then that where were you last night is literally a woman asking a guy where he was <laughs> the night before, like that, that that's yeah. the whole song. <laughs> where were you? <laughs> then there was this big break with end of an era, which was the end of the Taya era. Do yeah. you remember the moment when you found out about that? I have I have some visual aids for that too, because um, remember where we met, Bia, you and I, at uh, Rock Hard Magazine here in Dortmund. Yep. Um, back then, I got this uh, this um, copy of their magazine from uh, 2005. It's the <laughs> It's a Christmas uh, issue, I guess, and uh, Tarja and Thomas are in uh, Christmas costumes, suits, ah, yeah. mm. and uh, there's like the, this big, uh, yeah, like this big break thingy in the middle. Um, if you're listening on the podcast right now, you can check out our live stream on Facebook where I show you <laughs> the cover. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, it's it's uh, the story is actually quite funny. The uh, journalist went to Finland uh, and actually witnessed everything, like the concert where the where the DVD was filmed for End of an Era, and how uh, Tarja was handed a letter after that. And she, the journalist, then went partying with uh, the rest of Nightwish. And uh, the day after, when they were hangover and uh, kept on drinking and partying, she had the chance to talk to Thomas and he told her, you're the first uh, journalist and the first person I'm, I'm telling that Taya just parted ways with Nightwish. And, um, had to part ways with Nightwish. Yeah. Was yeah, kicked so out of Nightwish. Was kicked out. Was kicked out, exactly. So there are some pictures. And yeah. So, Pia, how did you find out about it? Find out. Um, as you already noticed, I was a Nightwish nerd back then. I went to their homepage every day. And I, of course, knew that they recorded this DVD the day before. And they very quickly posted the letter and um, the fact that Nightwish is not the, uh, that Tyre is not the singer of Nightwish anymore. 
and that was the end of the world for me. Yeah, that was also a, a very, very cross statement. Yeah. Steffi, were you back then a fan of the band already? Did you experience the loss live? Mm, no. No, I didn't. I became later. I think Steffi never saw them live, right? No, I didn't. Never ever in my whole life. I wasn't a fan at that time. I was I was quite young. So I had just learned about Nightwish. I was I had just become a fan uh, back then in Ecuador when I was 16. I already I just told you that. And um and then they they were touring South America in 2005, but I was 17 and my parents wouldn't let me go to to this uh, stadium alone or 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 even if I went with friends. Well, no, I was the only metal fan in, among my friends, but I would have gone with the guitarist of my band or with my band and um, my parents wouldn't let me. And Taya was in Quito and they played in Quito in my city. And like a couple of months after that, um, again, the guitarist of my band back then told me Taya just, just left uh, Nightwish and I was like, what the fuck? And then I ran home and started the, up the internet because, you know, back then it was the dee -doo, dee -doo, doo -doo, yeah. internet. <laughs> and, and I, I yeah, I, like I loaded the page, <laughs> broke off the internet connection because that was also expensive, you know. <laughs> and then I read this huge statement about... Um, Yeah, about uh, Taya being kicked out or leaving or whatever, splitting with Nightwish, and it totally broke my heart. I I was very, very sad after Taya left, and there also was this um, press conference where she started crying. Yes. And I thought, no, this truly is the end of the world. And then they said they are looking for a new singer, and I remembered that I read an article or an interview with her, uh, no, with Thomas and Lee Christine, from former Leaf's Eyes, and they said they um, could um, imagine to work together, and then I thought, okay, if Leaf will be the new Nightwish singer, I would be okay with it. Um, and I don't know if I reveal something now that nobody knew yet, but I just go in that risk. <laughs> Leaf told us that she was also, um, that she was really asked if she wants to be the new Nightwish singer yeah. back then, but she didn't take the job because I think she was pregnant back then or just had her little child and that's why she um, she didn't want to be on tour so much and so on and yeah I'm but she also told sad. us that she that she respected Taya back then too much to uh, accept the job right if I remember correctly yeah I think she uh, she would have asked Taya if that would be okay and I think that Taya would say, would have said yes because leave um, Taya once said that Leaf is her idol. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but that was that's a that's another fun fact. I now want to start the discussion if Nightwish are the founders of opera metal. Now that we have the break after the Taya era. Yeah, we were just talking about that before, or not talking exactly about that, but we were talking about uh, whether Nightwish. Did people talk about Nightwish back then in the 2000s, early 2000s? Uh, did they say this is symphonic metal? I don't think so. I think it was gothic metal. Gothic or melodic metal, yeah. So um, Because of the keyboards. 
Because of the keyboards and because of the female voice. That's also something mm. uh, something Liv Christine said in our last interview at Metal Female Voices Fest 2016, that which is on our YouTube channel. Um, she said, uh, yeah, back then, everything that was heavy and had a female voice was called gothic. gothic. Mm. Right. And not everything was gothic, obviously. But mm. that was uh, our first impression. I do think they they were a very big or, or had a very big influence, obviously, for for all the female singers that uh, started working in metal um, after her. I really think they are the founders of opera metal because everything that was so focused on opera or on operatic vocals came after Nightwish. Um, everybody who uh, who started an operatic metal band um, referred to Nightwish as an influence. And I think all of the women who sang opera in metal had Taria as an idol or as a role model, or at least knew the band and um, also practiced to sing the Nightwish songs. So I would definitely say that they are the founders of opera metal but not necessarily of symphonic metal. I think there were other bands that um, did metal plus orchestra before Nightwish did. But not, uh, maybe in a different style. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's the three things. They were the, f they were definitely the first to combine symphonic metal with a woman's voice and with operatic singing. Because I, I think that Therion did the opera metal thing before or or mm. around the same time as Nightwish. Yeah, but I think they had another concept. They really had this big concept of something for the stage and Nightwish just was a normal band. Of an opera as a But I think uh, also as like a work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of of art and music. Yeah, that might be mm. true. Mm -hmm. Um but I can also imagine that there were other metal bands before doing something with symphonic elements but these were maybe more um, like death metal bands or black metal bands yes i would now go to the anetti olson era with the album that came out in 2007 i think yeah with the name dark passion play that that's also a thing though that's that was fast you know um yeah. the split with Tarja was such a big thing a big catastrophe almost and mm. two years later they had already the new album with a new singer it went out they toured i mean great but it was like fast yeah but that was that was because they um they already had the songs when they started looking for a new singer yeah and they recorded the songs there are a lot of demo versions where marco is singing the vocals also the female vocals, they are so beautiful, just Aww. listen to them, some of them are <laughs> on the on the single versions of some songs. Um, yeah, so when they found their new singer, she only had to sing and then they were ab able to record the album. And the funny thing is that Annette, um, she was invited to meet the band and to practice a little bit with them. And um, back then she also had a child who was quite young. Um, and the band then said, oh, uh, we can't imagine that you would go on tour and could handle all this with the child and so on. 
Um, and then she uh, she took some live footage from her band back then, which, uh, if I remember the name, I will say the name of the band, uh, sent that to them and said, well, I think it would be the perfect option for you and I can handle this also with my child. And she proved that she was able to do that and she also was pregnant on tour, on one of the tours, I don't know on which tour. Um, other funny side fact, one of her chi children is called Nemo. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of Nightwish or if there is another reason. Wow. But yeah, one of them is called Nemo. Yes. Um, what I think is funny um, is that Dark Passion Play is the first album um, with which Nightwish released an instrumental version of all the songs. Um, and I also saw that Leaf's Eyes did that now that they have a new singer. <laughs> I don't know why, maybe for the people who don't like the new singer, but still <laughs> like the music. <laughs> I'm a bit nasty now. <laughs> That's a great theory. Yeah, I, I, I support that yeah. theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think you can really hear that uh, Dark Passion Player wasn't written for Annette because I don't think that her vocals are special or good or something on that album. Exactly, and that might be that might be why so many people were disappointed because yep. Annette Olsen might be a good singer, but those songs weren't made for her voice at all. So you can hear the difficulty she had, and they just don't sound nice. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I didn't like that album very much. Me neither. I, I really tried to like it. I listened to it a lot of times um, because I think some albums, um, if you only listen <laughs> to them often enough, then you like them <laughs> yeah. because they sound familiar. But I failed. I totally failed. I like some of the instrumental tracks and I like it when Marco sings the songs, but I don't like the songs that Annette sings. Um, only one song on the album that is obviously also my favorite song, um, in which she sounds good, and that is Cadence of Her Last Breath. Yeah. Yeah, that's And that's, cool. that's also not special, it is just okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say it's not shitty. <laughs> yeah, so that was the end of my Nightwish times. Really? Mm -hmm. You stopped listening after? Yeah. Well, I think me kind of, um, kind of the same. I think Amaranth and Bye Bye Beautiful are... I think I have such a good concept of those two songs because I've listened to them so much because they're the, the two singles. Mm. You know, like... Yeah, I don't know. Of course, they are, like, catchy and kind of... Uh, yeah, is he listening? So uh, that's I think that's why everybody likes them. And that's that's obviously the reason why they're the singles. Mm. But yeah, Cadence of Her Last Breath is fine. For the heart I once had, I also liked. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and I mean, the music is, is cool. Yeah. But... Too much orchestra for me. <laughs> but in total, as I said, I like the instrumental version. Yeah. And we should mention that Bye Bye Beautiful might be the goodbye song to Taya. Obviously. Yes, they had a very funny video in which all the boys were replaced by girls. <laughs> yeah, that is a cool part. video. Yeah. 
where Nightwish was suddenly a, a no-female band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Um, yeah, and they had also um, good videos for Amaranth and for Bye Bye Beautiful, as I just said. Mm -hmm. um, the funny thing is that uh, Annette was also a long time the singer of Nightwish for many years, um, but they only released two real albums with her. There was the album Life in Hong Kong, but that one is not even on Spotify. Um, And Taya, I think she had six releases. Um, and I think that is a good example for something that you say very often, Kiki, uh, that bands don't um, produce so many albums anymore or, that, or they don't need so many albums anymore because they don't earn money with that. They need other things to earn money with. And if you are successful enough, then yeah. Yeah, I, I've, said, I've said the opposite too, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're I famous mean, enough, you can. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, less. I mean, I have, I have, I have asked many bands about this on on um, on interviews. I, mm. I have noticed that that's a recurring question in my interviews. And the last time we asked uh, somebody that was uh, Georg from Serenity, I remember asking him. Do you feel pressure to release uh, an album every two years because that's how that's how bands are doing it now? And he said you have to mm. do that now to stay relevant, and so people keep you in their minds and don't forget mm. you because right now we live in a world where you consume everything very fast. You binge on a on a show on Netflix and the next and the next and the next. But then I have uh, also noticed that uh, bands like Nightwish, for example, Xandria also, in the late 90s, in the 2000s, they also released albums, complete albums and good albums, like every two years. Nightwish also released um, Angels for First in 1997, one year later Oceanborn and two years later Wishmaster. Exactly. And they were amazing albums. Yes. So I don't know. I I don't know. I don't. I think that's just phases, creative phases that bands mm -hmm. go through, and don't really have to do that much with the with the industry. I think that might change now. I think there are many bands that are thinking uh, that albums may not be worth it anymore, and mm -hmm. are thinking of releasing EPs more often or more singles because, of course, they go almost uh, straight to download sales or um, or streaming sales so yeah, but I think um, that's another story with which we could follow yeah and that's podcast. and that's for the future too that hasn't happened yet but yeah. yes after after that yeah you were right in the Annette era Nightwish didn't release as many as many full albums mm -hmm. but the second album Imaginarium is so much better for her voice yeah because Thomas knew for who he was writing the music. Um, so I don't have so many problems with her voice on that album. I also, um, I don't like it when people say that um, they, that the version of Storytime um, sang by Floor is the real version. Um, I think that's not fair um, for Annette to say something, something like that. Um, and what I didn't really or didn't like about Imaginarium is that I, when I listened to it, I always had the feeling that Nightwish copied themselves. 
Um, I didn't write that down. I wish I did that, but there were riffs, and I could say, okay, that riff is from um, the the once opener, or that riff is from Wishmaster, and so on. So I felt like they copied themselves a lot on wow. that one, especially the guitar. I, I didn't notice that. Well, I I'm not a Nightwish expert like you, obviously, <laughs> as we have noticed now. But Imaginarium is my least favorite Nightwish album. Hmm. I I see the track listing now on Spotify, and I notice the only one that I really have that I start singing almost. The only one that's really stuck in my head is Story Time. That's mm. it. Um, no idea about the rest uh, the, of the sound. The Seven Kingdoms singer, how was her name? Serena? Yes, she did a really nice cover of Storytime. Oh, the instrumentals are on Spotify, cool. Yes. <laughs> also for those who don't like the singer. Um, <laughs> after uh, Visions of Atlantis released a, a new video lately, um, and after I listened to that, I thought, well, I think Clementine would have been the uh, the voice that Thomas wanted originally. She was too young back then, um, but I think if she would have been on the market, so to speak, then she might have gotten the job because she has this operatic parts and also um, the voice qualities that Annette Olson has, mm -hmm. so that she can also do lower vocals and... Um, play with her voice and also speak, kind of. <laughs> mm -hmm. So after I listened to that, I thought, oh yeah, that voice would fit on um, Dark Passion Play and also Imaginarium. Interesting. Um, and they also did a movie, which I didn't watch. Me neither. <laughs> did you watch it? No. Okay. So about Imaginarium, I, um, I like it. <laughs> I have first to say. It um, for me it has a feeling of a musical somehow. There's some musical elements. Oh yeah. Uh, my favorite song on Imaginarium is Rest Calm, and that is also a good example for the qualities of Annette's voice, because you can really hear the warmth of her voice in that one and the the emotion. Oh. I think Scartel is a very good example to listen to her. Yeah, and I like the song, besides the fact that I hate it when children sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> If I ever have children, I won't allow them to go to the choir. What? <laughs> That's a different thing. I hate choirs too. <laughs> children singing? I'm not sure. So, story time is your favorite on Imaginarium? Of course. Very boring, mm. but yeah. <laughs> Then there was this not so dramatic split. Um, between Annette Olson and... What? Nightwish. It was also dramatic. I was yeah, but it wasn't the... The, the, the end of the was, world. I don't know if there was a press conference and and it wasn't a surprise, not a real surprise, I think. Because there was this um, this beef after they went on stage without her with... Um, Alyssa White Gluth and who was the other one? And uh, Elise Reed from Amaranth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And she said, Oh, um, I don't like when you go on stage without me because people pay to see the whole band and they also want to see the singer. Um, yeah, and there was this beef, and then she was kicked out of the band very quickly. Yeah, that's true. But 
uh, also in the context of she was super sick and that's why she couldn't play or, or couldn't sing and they didn't want to cancel the shows and she didn't want them to play without her and then they decided to play without her and then Alisa and Alisa and Elise had to learn the songs and all that is also on a, in a documentary um Nightwish documentary which is on YouTube but in Finnish and um but I also watched um most of it so it it's actually super It is dramatic to see them, like, I mean, of course, the news wasn't as dramatic as their split with Tarja, but mm. seeing that, like, them backstage super nervous, uh, thinking, is this going to work, is this not going to work, and uh, then uh, calling up Floor and telling her, hey, can you join us? And she like, yeah, I need two days to learn the, the, <laughs> the lyrics, more or less, right? So mm. all of that is quite the telenovela. Yes, <laughs> and we also pushed the telenovela because at Metal Female Voices Fest we asked a lot of singers if they want to do the job. <laughs> yeah, we wanted a little bit of drama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and most of them said no. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was fun because... I mean, it was fun to do that fun question on the interviews, but some of, some of the singers took it really personally or, or like really seriously and said like, no, because um, I wouldn't like to be treated like uh, the two singers that were kicked out already. Mm -hmm. And or uh, no, because I don't know, it was it was weird. But that's also on our YouTube channel if you want to watch. Mm, and also on our YouTube, I think we were, I don't know if it wasn't, if it was, confirmed yet that she will stay the singer or if it was shortly after that it was But a couple days after i think around that time we had the interview with floor mm -hmm. because she played there with revamp and we of, um, of course also talked about nightwish yes her. yeah very nice interview um yeah and they very quickly released the showtime story time live on wacken I yeah. think mm -hmm. that's how they presented Floor on the record, so to speak. Mm, yeah, um, I think none of us was there to see the gig, right? And I also didn't watch the DVD because no. my Nightwish times <laughs> ended with that passion play. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a surprise anymore for you, but maybe for people out there when I now say that I don't like Nightwish with Floor Jansen because I think she is yelling all the time. My heart breaks. Yeah, so does mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I also tried to like it, but I, um, it's a funny thing that I liked Endless Forms Most Beautiful in the beginning, but the more I listened to it, the more or the faster I got tired of her style of singing, also because I know that she can do so many different things, and also when she performs the older stuff on stage, she would be able to sing them in the operatic style. I of don't course. expect her to sing everything exactly like Taya did, but some of the songs are written for operatic vocals and then she's able to do it. So why doesn't she at least um, play a little bit more with her voice and show more of what she's able to do like she does in um, Revamp a lot? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. a bit... Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Yes, but do you Thank have you. a uh, favorite 
from the live at Wacken showtime story time? Uh, no, because I don't know the DVD. <laughs> You've never listened to it? No. Um, yeah, I listened to it once, I think. Um, but there, there was nothing new on that one. Um, so I didn't really um, pay attention to it, yeah. to be honest. Well, I think Ghost Love Score um, was performed beautifully. Okay, I should listen to that one maybe. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I totally agree with uh, with that. Floor is has such a variety of of skills, the mm -hmm. of things that she can do with her voice, and um, we haven't, sadly, we haven't seen that yet with Nightwish. That is totally what I what I was missing on Endless Forms, most beautiful. But I do like the album a lot. I have it here too. Yes, I still mm -hmm. buy physical CDs, even though I can play them because I don't have a, a CD player in the house anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And and I think at least we got to see a little bit of the other, of another side of Floor's voice with um, Yours is an Empty Hope, where she growls. Mm -hmm. So, but, but yeah, we I, I really hope that in the next Nightwish album she can also do her more classic operatic um, style. Yeah, but I don't think she will because also when I saw them live at Meraluna, she didn't do that with the old stuff. So why should she do it with the new stuff? Don't crush my dreams! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but what I think is special, or is also special besides the fact that Flo Janssen is singing in Nightwish now, um, the the spirit is different on Endless Home's Most Beautiful. I think they are much more positive now. Yeah, Shutter Before the Beautiful. It's a very positive album, I would say, because the lyrics are very... Um, yeah, for me, they're just celebrating life. I think that's also the intention of Thomas. Because um, yeah, it's based on on the evolution theory and yeah, science. That's stuff. true. It's not as dark. It's more yeah. folky too. Not so dark. Not so depressive. Serious. Not so, yeah. 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 I mean, they're also twenty years older and uh, developed. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they have a great job, right? So. Um, so hopefully they have a more hopeful outlook on life, <laughs> Thomas at least, and can write such beautiful things like My World and I love that song. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that is one of the better songs. I really like Idi Maru. Yeah, that's really cool too. Mm -hmm. um, and Nightwish is a six piece now, right? They, uh, uh, Mr. Dronconelli, Troy Dronconelli Troy, is his name, yeah. I think. The pipe guy <laughs> is a full member now. Yes. And it's, also, um, it is already uh, three years ago that Nightwish released um, Endless Homes Most Beautiful. They released um, a best of album, I think in the beginning of 2018, which is called Decades. I already said that there are also very old songs on that one. Uh, I think it's strange that there are remastered songs from Endless Forms Most Beautiful because it's three years old. Yeah. So why would you have to remaster that? And so many. 
Yeah, and there are only four songs from the Annette Olsen era, which I think is is fair. Also not fair and is a bit strange. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's nothing special. It's just another best of, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I also wait for the successor of Anders Swan's Most Beautiful. I will definitely listen to it and then let's see <laughs> yeah. what they did with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a nice uh, memory of uh, Endless Forms Most Beautiful mm-hmm. because in 2015 when it has just it had just come out uh, Pia, you and I went together to Rock Hearts Festival mm-hmm. and we're listening to the <laughs> to the album and singing loudly in the car in the traffic jam we, yeah, in the traffic jam <laughs> you know, yeah. that festival traffic jam where you are two kilometers away from the festival finally, but you are going at like half a meter per hour mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, but we had fun we were already, uh, or I was already drinking It was so hard to not get drunk in that situation because I had to drive the fucking car. <laughs> yeah, I was able to. I'm the worst co-pilot, but yeah. And we were listening to that. You and I perfect. think also also <laughs> Leaves Eyes. We listened to Leaves Eyes also. And um, yeah, so Endless Form is most beautiful. That's a, that's a, uh, it was a cool soundtrack for our traffic jam. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and being three years old... Uh, it's time for them to release some new material, right? Something that's not a best of album. But with their mm-hmm. with the year break that the band had, because of uh, stuff and Flora's pregnancy and everything, I think it's fine that they don't release something right away. But they probably will next year, I think. Yeah, that's my prophecy. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightwish release. Um Instead of releasing albums, they very often release best-offs. There are so many Nightwish best-offs. I don't know if all of them yeah. are official best-offs. And also some DVDs, I think. And live stuff, yeah. Vehicle of Spirit is a live CD, or is there also video footage of that? I, I, I'm not sure. But there is a live version of Why Your Lips Are Still Red. Really? I have to put that into the Spotify playlist. Yes, please, I want to hear that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Alpen Glow. <laughs> Alpen Glow. Um, there is also a song on Oceanborn, <laughs> which I think is really funny because it's called Wanderlust. And you can one on one put that into German and it would be Wanderlust. Yeah. I always have to think about Steffi. <laughs> <when I laughs> to that. Yes. <laughs> so you can tell us if there is a difference between Imaginarium and the Imaginarium score. Uh, I think the Imaginarium score is lots of instrumental stuff and the orchestral versions. Yeah, the song titles are very different. So, less guitars, more Mm -hmm. orchestra. But it was only for the movie, right? Oh, yeah, there was a movie. I remember that now. Uh, I also saw it in cinema. I like that album. I think that is also the only physical CD I have of Nightwish at home. <laughs> really? Yes, really. There are lots of calm ballads, romantic ballads like Turn Loose the Mermaids or The Crow, The Old, The Dove. It's, I like these songs. But I think most I like Slow Love Slow because it's um, a jazz song. And yeah, it's, it's so mm-hmm. different, but it's still you're just 
also still listening that it's written from Tulmas by Tulmas and it's it is still Nightwish but it has a very different feeling a different structure and it's very um sensitive maybe that's the word um endless forms most beautiful that's very hard to choose i think there are also some ballads i really like like um my walden i really like yeah. the lyrics of that song because it's very touchy it's like oh i hate your word just what the fuck and everything is bad so i just give a fuck to you and i i'm going now to do my <laughs> own one and so and there it's beautiful <laughs> and, yeah it's very funny but that isn't made in a depressive way but in a very positive one and it's just like confident and yeah so i i will build up my own world and i'm fine with that and i accepted that the other world is or i cannot change the other world i accept so i will do something else something different i like that somehow and any fun facts that you know any fun facts because mm. i ran out of my fun facts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no Bia, what's wrong <laughs> it deals with some science topics and evolution theory that made it interesting the um, researcher spoke some um, intro words or outro I don't know in which part of the song mm -hmm. he did but um, yeah that was very interesting <laughs> that um, um, a researcher goes to a metal band and works with them somehow a little bit it was funny <laughs> <laughs> I think it's One of the most positive albums Nightwish wrote. There's no song uh, for the... Um, they didn't write a song to say goodbye to Annette. At least none that we know. <laughs> But Annette had a very funny Instagram post <laughs> when she was kicked out of Nightwish. I think she posted it some time ago. Um, it was a picture of Uh, of the of the floor <laughs> and then uh, she wrote over it when you fall I'll be there floor ouch by the way Annette also has a new band now with a former guitar player from Sonata Arctica the band is called The Dark Element mm -hmm. and I I like I don't think that they suck. <laughs> I kind of like them. I don't think that they are super innovative or something, but I like listening to the album from time to time. And they have a song that's kind of right that we yes. that we um, interpret like this. we interpret like uh, Annette saying, "If uh, you tonight wish." <laughs> mm -hmm. Let me just look up how the song is called. Because I don't Isn't it something about. Doesn't it have to do something like. Uh, you're dead to me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dead to me. Dead I to think me. dead to me is the title of the song. I knew. Yeah. Like something. And dead. they have a lyric video, so you can <laughs> watch the video and read the lyrics. Very explicit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is very, very literal. Special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Okay, I think we are 
at the end of the podcast now. So I want to know which one is your favorite Nightwish song of all ever, ever, time? ever, ever. Minus she's my sin, as I already said. Ever, ever. Wow. I can't. <laughs> no, I cannot um, choose. <laughs> oh, I have one fun fact about She's My Sick. Uh, Floor Jansen covered the song when she was um, active with After Forever. Yeah, and we have a, a, a video for that on the show notes of the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so I think we mentioned everything. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, on your favorite podcatcher. Our intro and outro is based on the song Storm by Mercy Isle. Yes. Thank you, Cassandra Novell. And that's how we go. Also, we also go back to the beginning because our first uh, interview on the Midland High Heels podcast was with uh, Cassandra Novell from Mercy Isle. Uh, it was also mm -hmm. to thank her for the, for the uh, jingle. And we talked about mental health. Because May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, as we already said. Uh, important topic. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back to listen to our uh, second ever podcast episode, I think. Yeah, it was. It, mm -hmm. it's number the first one. one was the introduc in introduction. Yeah, it was episode <laughs> it number was zero was our introduction. And there was episode one with uh, mm -hmm. Cassandra, with Cassie. And big shout out to Cassie. And uh, yeah, keep listening to our podcast, uh, subscribe, blah, blah. Thank you for all the comments. You can, of course, continue commenting and write a review. And you can send us voice messages here on Facebook, which we can play in the podcast then. So if you have another opinion about Nightwish or something else to add, some more fun facts, then let us know. Yeah. And have your voice on our podcast. Steffi. Say your goodbyes. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening and maybe also for watching us. Bye yeah, then. we should do this more often. See you next time. <laughs> Not for two hours though. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>